Hi everyone, my name is Courtney Beeler and I am CEO and founder of Sugar Lash Pro. I'm today's guest announcer. You can find me on Instagram at Court Bueller or at our company account at Sugar Lash Pro. Cue the music. In an industry where most of us spend the majority of our time working alone in a room, we wanted to create a podcast where you can learn, be encouraged, and find a connection with other lash and beauty professionals. This is the Lashcast podcast, and here's your host, Paul Lubers. Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We are going to be doing something very exciting today. We're going to be dealing with, I think, what is the number two topic in our industry. The first one is always, and you see this all over in the forums, what is the best glue I should use? And we deal with that topic in the first few episodes that we have in our thing. So if you want to know the answer to that, jump back. I think it's episode one, two, three. I can't remember. It's way back in the beginning, back in the old days. You can go in there, check it out, find out what is the best glue in our opinion. And I'll just give you a hint. There is no best glue. But that said, the number two question is what should my prices be? Or how can I raise my prices? Or should I raise my prices? I mean, it's always about prices. People get really crazy weird about pricing and how they go about raising their prices and what they say to their clients or to their staff. It's a mess. And so today, me, Tusney, and Erica are going to sit down and break it all down. And basically, we're going to share you how we go about calculating our pricing and when we do it and how we do it. And with that, it's going to be a little mathy, a little nerdy. But you know, if you are driving or listening right now, just maybe mark a time where you need to go back and listen to that section. And then you can write out the little formulas. It's by no means complex. It's very basic, simple math. But still, that said, you will might need to do a little work on this one, a little bit of homework so you can follow along at home. And I promise you when you're done, you're going to be much more effective at figuring this out and being better and more effective and pricing yourself accurately and effectively so that you can grow your business and actually make money. How? What a crazy idea. Now, this is our last episode that we're airing before Soiree in Vegas with Jasmine and her team at Sheik Sensei. We're super excited about the party. Over 60 people have RSVP'd. I think by the time it gets there, we're going to have 80 to 100 people RSVP'd. That probably will get all 100 there, but it's going to be big. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. Free food, free drinks, get a chance to network, hang out with lots of people and make some new friends. I know we stay in this podcast, you know, you spend most of your time alone in the room. Well, this is your chance to get out of that room and hang out and make some new friends and find out, by the way, that that last stylist down the street from you probably is not your enemy. They could be your friend and you guys can connect and you can support each other and help each other out. And that's part of why we're doing this. We also have the last cast elevate, which is the following day, April 15th. That's our one day business intensive that where we're going to basically unpack our rule book and show you how we do things. We will by no means get through it all, but we're going to get through a lot of it that day. And you're going to walk away empowered to know how to better run, whether you're a single operator or run your business. If you have a team, or if you're thinking about having a team, they'll give you those tools so you can set things up before you even get there. And it's going to be a great one day class. There is a price though. That one is $2.98 includes free lunch. You also, we're going to have Valerie come out from Valoria and she's going to be sharing about her experience about becoming a team-based pay salon. So those of you who really want to know more about team-based pay. We're going to spend some time talking about that. Not the whole time, so don't worry. It won't be a big pitch for team-based pay, but it will unpack what that means and how it works and how it's worked for Valerie. And then we will also do a podcast. We will do a little Q&A. So this is a chance for you to get on air, have you air your questions out. Erica, Tusty, and I will answer as many as we can with the time that we have and should be really, really cool. And it's going to start at 9 a.m. and it will go to whenever. I won't promise it'll be done at 6. It could go later. It may go only to one. No, I won't go to one. I assure you that. It will go to all day. And it's going to be quite a bit to pack in. But when we're done, I hope you'll walk away feeling empowered and better in control of your business. And the last thing, we have a little comp, not competition, a little fun game we want to play with you guys. We want to give away a $100 Amazon gift card to someone who helps promote our podcast. If you listen to us on iTunes, even if you don't, I want you to go to iTunes or go into that little tool you have on your iPhone that's where your podcasts are. And you can write a review for us and post it there on iTunes. And we want you to do that for us, to help us get the word out, to help it create a little bit more excitement for us, get other people on board, write a review, hopefully a five-star review. But that said, you can go on, post a review, 
screenshot it, and then email that to me at paul at integritylash.com. For whatever reason, I don't ever get to see all the reviews. There have been some people who sent me reviews. Hey, I did a review, and I look, and I can't find it. So the best way to make sure you get entered into this little drawing is to go on and screenshot it and send it to paul at integritylash.com. Same place, by the way, where you do the soiree RSVP. So you can do both at the same time. And yeah, Give us a review. We really appreciate that. And at the end of April, we will do a drawing and we will give a $100 Amazon gift card to one lucky listener. So thank you guys for that. Okay, enough about me talking about different things. We really want to get into this whole idea of learning how to price your services. So we'll get into it and let's start that right now. All right, we are here live hanging out with Tusney and Erica. How are you guys doing? We are back. We are back. <laughs> we are back. And this is our part two of the Kelly interview, right? No, oh, no. we did that already. We some did of that. you would be really excited about that, and some of you would throw your yeah, phone you throw- across <laughs> the room. In fact, yeah. don't throw your phone right now. Just hang in there. We're not going to get you on this one. It's this not is- an expose episode. This is kind of what we normally do. Yeah. We talk about topics and different things. And we also interview people. But generally speaking, we interview people that don't try to hide their identity. They're people who actually are okay identifying where they live and what company they mm. work for. But um, yeah, Kelly, that was a lot of fun. It was fun. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, I, I just want to say real quick, I just want to wrap up because people don't understand how crazy it was for us, too, on the Kelly side. Oh, my I gosh. thought yeah. we literally had, I think, as far as amount of listeners, it was three or four times our normal amount of listens to our podcast. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. It was through the roof. Didn't expect that. We mm-hmm. thought, oh, we'll get you know, maybe 1,000 more, something like that. We got thousands more. And on top of that, our, our own Instagram account grew quite a bit from Kelly followers. So those of you who are, this is your first time listening to us outside of Kelly, um, welcome to the show. We thank you for checking us out a second time and giving us another shot. Yeah. Um, I know some of you probably loved us. I think I think most people loved it. And then there were a few detractors here and there who thought this was bad for the industry. Hmm. But yeah, might not have been for them. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Everyone's got their own opinion. Yeah, but it was fun. It's I mean, good. Eric and I were doing a lot of DMing back oh and forth. Oh my gosh, yeah. And the amount of people who would post on their stories that they were listening to, like all day long, we just kept getting like, so-and-so mentioned you in your story and we were trying to share it all of those, I think, as much as possible. Yeah, and I think we missed a few. So if yeah. we missed you, I'm sorry. It's nothing personal. It was not because we looked at you and ah, oh, your page sucks. No, <laughs> it was just purely like overwhelming the response and how many people really were intrigued by Kelly. She yeah. was a lot of fun and she still is. I hopefully if you're not following Kelly Lovely Lashes, you should. If you want a good laugh. You want yeah. a good laugh. <laughs> it was all we, good fun. We also said this in our live that we did right after our Kelly episode, but just to say it here, we didn't do this to gain more followers. No, that wasn't our main purpose at all. Yeah, that wasn't our main purpose. Just we wanted to, I mean, essentially just expose the truth, the satire behind. It just kind of came the perfect timing. Yeah. People were asking us, is this for real? And we just thought it would be a fun way of exposing all that. I think we wanted to get people to calm down. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's just so much panic in the house. And we just thought, you know what, if we get her on and she comes out and we can just get that all out in the air, up in the open, then everyone will just realize it's fun. It's, it's not a big deal. Let's move on with our lives instead of people losing their sleep and getting freaking out and all that. So. Oh, yeah. Thinking like it's a big house fire going to burn the whole house down. Like- yeah. And that's why I think for us, we were shocked. We thought, oh, we'll get a little bump. There'll be a few people that listen, a few people that join. No, I and- mean, anytime we do an interview, we get a little bump. Yeah. And that's all we thought. Yeah. Just another little bump. I did, we just didn't realize Kelly, just, she's really polarize our industry. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. But uh, thank God for Kelly. She was a lot of fun. And uh, one day, maybe we'll get to find out who she really is. But for now, she'll remain a mystery and someone that we do not have to fear. That's the biggest thing to take yes. away for us. So, And somebody who's on our side. Yeah, she is. She really She is mm-hmm. a big fan of doing the work right. That's all the point of the page. So let's get into today's topic. Today's topic, we're going to talk about raising prices and how do you price correctly it's always a hot topic. I think the number one topic is always what glue do you use or what's the best glue? And number two is how do you raise prices or how do I price myself correctly? Obviously, it's important because that's how we make money, right? It's like if we don't know how to price correctly, then we go out of business and so forth. So I think what we want to do is go into the different models first. I thought we'd just go over what ways do people price? I just thought I'd ask you guys, throw it out there. 
this might be the one where we get to hear me a lot more talking. I apologize. You get to hear my voice drone on about lashes, <laughs> but about the business side. But, but we'll talk you about pricing. you do know quite a bit about this. And I would say that we always tease you about, you know, you don't do lashes. But I have to say that you are very informed and you're mm-hmm. very educated. And so a lot of us is just us kind of razzing you yeah. that you don't know anything, but you really do. Thank you. So <laughs> what are some of the things you guys have seen? What are the different techniques or different pricing techniques you've seen out there in the market? Yeah, so people will base it off of how much experience they have, how long they've been doing lashes. We see that a lot, I feel like. Sometimes people will price based upon how long they've been away from the salon. Yeah, by weeks. They'll do by two-week fill, fill. If you do a week fill, it's less expensive than a two-week fill. And a two-week fill is less expensive than a three-week fill. Exactly. Also, uh, some people will charge by the actual lash, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't almost think that's gone. It's gone, I, but in I the beginning. So. They used the to do like a, a 40 50 lashes. lashes. This yeah. is, you know, a dollar per lash or something like that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think another one was all time. Mm-hmm. I think people just charge by time. Mm-hmm. Fibers. Some people's websites say real mink is X amount, uh, faux mink, uh, faux silk, faux... Or even different... They'll just say silk or mink mean like faux yeah. or synthetic, mm-hmm. and they'll charge more for the silk or the mink for right. whatever reason. I've heard of people charging more for a curl lashes, mm-hmm. more for a hmm. colored lash more for a sparkly lash. You know? I've seen people charge extra for like an extra serum that they add on, like a sealant or something like that know, that helps. Yeah. Like, oh, if you want, or even glue. I actually saw one company charge extra for a super premium holding, glue. premium glue versus <laughs> right. an average glue. Wow. Yeah. Uh, people charge each time they get a new certification, they'll tack on some more money. Yeah, they'll say they should charge more. People obviously charge more for volume over classic. Mm-hmm. Almost 100% I've seen it. I've actually just, today I saw a pretty well-known company that didn't do that. And I was like, oh, good. I mean, my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Good. Maybe <laughs> you'll just, alert. yeah, you may not think that's really inter- the right way to go. So I think that's... I what about fullness? Oh, yeah, about when they come like, back. Uh, or some. sometimes I have seen, oh, like... A light set of lashes? Yeah, they might call it something like, this is the kitten, and this is the, the style. mega ball. Yeah, the, the mega, style Yeah, the lashes. style. And the, the more big and over-the-top the more it costs. Yeah, and I think also I've seen it where people, based on how much you come back with, come back with 50%, come yeah. back with 75% mm-hmm. of lashes, you get this price because that's you know how long it's going to take me to do the fill. So I think that pretty much hits all our different you know ways mm-hmm. that we kind of think about pricing. Oh, right, last thing I think, just this is not about for guests, but as far as when we're trying to determine our pricing, I think the, probably the number one thing we do is we look at our market right around right, us. Right, right, What's everyone charging? Oh, it's okay. 150 it's 100 200 whatever. Some people actually, I just remembered one, memberships. Some people will charge for a membership yeah. and you get a discount. Or yeah, something. Amazing Lash has a membership. So mm-hmm. you're paying a monthly fee and then you can come in and use services. And that's because yeah. Massage Envy, the their CEO from Massage Envy came over and helped run for a while from what I understand. And they brought that whole membership model mm-hmm. and so forth. So yeah, that's another model is a membership model of pricing, which is really just a flat fee. You collect it. doesn't matter how long or how often or don't come in, you just take their 90 bucks a month and be happy with it. Mm-hmm. So that's another way of pricing. Okay, so let's go into how we approach pricing here. And one of the things that I would like to encourage you, if you're not already looking to come out to see our LashCast Elevate Business Intensive, we're going to really break this down and actually sit down and work on it, have worksheets, and we're going to help you calculate what your price should be based upon what your costs and all that are. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you well, a- what I was going to say is, when I started and I didn't have your expertise and your business acumen to start with, what I did was I took advice from the company that mm-hmm. first taught me. They said you should charge at the time. It was you should charge $350 for a full set. You should charge, you know, they told me what the price was. And then... And they didn't tell you why. It was just like this yeah, number. This yeah, this is the price. And it, they said everyone can get... And then they also said they're going to last three months too. So that's actually what I was telling people. <laughs> that's what Kelly beginning. says, by the yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> months, months. So I just looked at what they told me. And then I looked in my neighborhood and, you know, called to a couple salons and found out what quote-unquote competition was charging. and All I'm, five of them. Yeah. I don't think there was five at that time. There weren't that many, though. No. There wasn't that much. And then that's my price. Yeah. Voila. Yeah, and that's what it was. And that's what I think a lot of people still today, they just go online, see what's in their market, 
and they charge whatever's around them. And it's not taking into account one very, very important factor. And that is what is your actual cost per hour. And that's something that you need to figure out. Usually most of your costs are locked in. And even your salary can be locked in. You can just say, look, I'm going to pay myself this. Actually, you really think you have to have a goal. Don't be thinking about, oh, I'm going to just pay myself whatever's left over. Because if you spend all your money and, <laughs> and you get to the end, you're like, it always seems like there's no money left for me. That could happen if you're not that busy. Mm-hmm. And you can be like, you don't know what you're aiming for. So let's say your first year, like, you know what? I'm working full time. I quit my day job. And you know, I really need to make at least $40,000 this year for me to be able to pay my bills and get all that. So that's your target. You may not make that initially, but at least you're aiming for something and you're measuring your metrics every month. Like, okay, this for that, you can break it down. If I need 40000 then I need to make, let's say, whatever it is, two thousand or three thousand dollars a month and you could figure out your actual cost uh, what is but going back to your cost per hour that's something that you're just what you're going to do you're going to take all your hard costs your rent your insurance you know some things that you know you have to pay your phone bill and all that then there's some things that aren't so much like your merchant service you're not going to know exactly how much your merchant service bill will be a merchant service you don't know what that is that's your credit card fees it's around two percent but it can be a little more, it can be a little bit less depending on what type of cards people use. By the way, if people use American Express or you really don't want to see cards that have cashback bonuses or cards that have, if you use their card, they get gifts, you know, they get certain incentives. Like I have one credit card that says, you know, if I use, I get an Apple card every 500 bucks or $1,000, I get like a 20 or $40 Apple card. And so those cards all cost more. The best cards for you are like debit cards because mm-hmm. debit cards don't have any kickbacks. They're not charging you extra to use them. In fact, they have a higher security value because you actually have a PIN number you have to use. And side note, our front desk, when someone pulls up and they give you a debit card, do not give them the option, credit or debit. Just say, is debit okay? And they're going to nine out of 10 times go, yeah, sure. If you say credit or debit, they don't care half the time. They're like, ah, credit. And you're going to actually pay a higher They say credit because that's what most consumer advocacy groups recommend. They say use the credit because if it goes through the credit card, the credit card will give you certain protections. Yeah, more protections. Yeah, right. But it's more costly to you as the business owner if they do that. Mm -hmm. It's better. It's less expensive. Yeah. So that's our little side tip for today about credit cards and such. So the idea is you don't know all your hard costs. You know most of them. So you're going to have to guess or take an average. Usually we'd say I take a three-month average. So you go over your merchant fees and say, okay, for the last three months, I've been paying, let's say, $150 per each month for my credit card fees. How would they know that? Well, you're going to have to go and you're going to actually learn to have a budget. Now, if you don't have any of this, you're going to have to sit down and go get an accountant. Now, if you don't have an accountant, you probably have QuickBooks or some sort of software you're using to input stuff. You have to create categories. So this is why we're going to have to do this in person because it gets a little messy and a little confusing. But you're going to have to eventually create a category for every item. It's called a line item. For every type of charge you have, it has to belong to a certain category. So let's say you have your phone bill. You know, you have your phone. So you have your cell phone. Maybe you have your internet. You want to include that in your phone bill. And maybe you have a fax line, <laughs> if you still believe in the 70s. So you have those three things. That all goes underneath your phone line item. And that's going to be a charge, whatever that is. And then let's say you also have insurance. So you're going to have your health insurance. Well, you should, you know, you can run your health insurance for your company. You have your health insurance. You have your liability. And if you have employees, you have your, your workers' comp insurance, and then maybe you're gonna have, there's other types of insurance you can have, and you're going to have that as a line item. Insurance, and you, now you may break it down into categories underneath that, but usually you're going to know those are going to be locked in except workers' comp. Workers' comp can be a variable. It can be one of those insurance that goes up based upon what your payroll is. It just depends. So you're going to have to figure out an average. Now, if you have never gone back and you've done none of this, and you have no idea. This is the first time you've heard this. This is why you need to come to Elevate because we will help you. We'll just tell you, bring all your information with you. Take the last, we're going to ask you to bring at least three months of your numbers. You can actually, if you have the- QuickBooks? QuickBooks, sorry. If you have QuickBooks, there is a P&L and you can just ask print p profit and loss statement. There's a report in there. It's underneath reporting. I don't have it in front of me, but you can just go underneath reports and it'll say reporting and you can pick a time period last month, one year, six months, whatever it is, and you print it out and it may come out all messed up right now I mean, because you haven't really assigned the categories. Is that something that you're going to teach? Yeah, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what categories you really need to have. I'm not going to go over that now. It'll take too long. But there's certain things you need to have, like your rent, your insurance, and we'll break it down. Product. Product, cost of goods sold is what they call that. And we're going to help you walk through that. And there's certain things that we'll lock it in. So you want to go back right now. Just think of all your costs. Write it down. If you don't even have it, just take a piece of paper and go through your bank account. 
and just go, okay, what did I spend last month? Oh, that's my rent. Okay, write that down. Okay, what's the next one? And then I bought some product. Okay, write that down. Um, and then I bought some back bars. So I bought some glue. I bought some lashes. Write that down. Gel pads. Gel pads. That's all going to fall on your back bar. Back bars, all your supplies that you use to take care of your clients, the service itself. Not the office, not the front desk, not any of that. That would be an office expense. But what about retail? What about retail that you buy? Retail, you're going to want to put that down as a cost of goods sold. So let's say you bought some makeup, some eyeliner that you decide to sell. That's going to be in there too. You're going to have an average. That's why you want to go like three months. Six months is even better. But if we're just going to get at least a three-month kind of average, just go through each month, create your own like Excel sheet. You can do it online on your computer or you can go onto Google Docs and just create an Excel sheet. And then on the far left side, just put you know, rent, um, back bar, office supplies. If you buy drinks for your clients, maybe you put some water, you know, whatever it is that you have, coffee costs, all that stuff should be there. And you can group some of them. Some of them make sense. Like you don't have to put coffee, water cups as individual. You can just say refreshments for clients Mm -hmm. or just refreshments. You can make that one total. One total. Yes. And so that becomes one. And then you, what you do is the next three columns, you just put the numbers in for each month. You just go January, February, March. So in January I spent, you know, let's say a thousand dollars on rent and I spent, you know, a hundred dollars on refreshments. And I spent, you know, $200 on my telephone bills. And that, you know, you go down and you write down for all three columns for each month. And then you're going to take those three months, you know, add them up and you can do a little division here. Take all your rent's going to be easy. It's consistent, right? But some things are, let's say refreshments goes up and down every month. One month you spent 100, next month it was 120 and the next month it was 80. So you add that up, that comes up to 300 divided by three. That gives you hundred dollars a month is your average cost, right? So you're going to go through and you figure out your average. Once you have your average, you basically can take the total amount of hours. Now, this is going to get crazy here, so just stay with me. Crazy. Okay? Bust out your notebook. Yeah, <laughs> write this down. Okay, you're going to go back now to your last three months and figure out how many hours did you work? Did you work 100 hours? Well, what kind of work are we talking about? Are Actually, talking work on about... clients. You're right. Uh-huh. Actually, work on clients. Billable hours. It doesn't matter if you spend two hours on social media. You don't get paid yet. Uh, maybe you will one day. Maybe you're an influencer. Get paid for that time. Right now, when you're doing marketing through Instagram, that's not a paying gig. The only hours that matter are what you actually have someone in your bed doing lashes and the clock is running, so to speak. So you want to figure out how many hours a month you're averaging. Now, some people are working 40 hours a week. So that'd be on average, say, 160 hours if you have four weeks in a month. It isn't quite like that. It's like 4.2. But you know, you'll get the idea. If you want to just do an average, say, 30 days a month is the average, and I'm doing four weeks, and I'm doing basically 40 hours, so I'm doing 160. You can do some averages here just to be, get the idea. And so once you know how many hours you're billing, then you just basically are going to divide those hours into what your total bills are. You know, so let's just say you're doing 100 hours a month, you're working 100 hours, and you have $1,000 in bills. What is your cost per hour, you think, for that? You're working $100 a month, and there's 30. No, your bills are $1,000. This okay. is it's really low. Try to keep the math simple here. It's $1,000 <laughs> okay. for your bills, uh-huh. for everything you do, and you're working 100 hours that month. How much do you think that costs per hour for you to run your business right now? It'd be 10 bucks. Why? Because you take 1,000 divided by 100, and it gives you 10. Because 100 times 10 is 1,000. So it's costing you $10 an hour. Every time you're sitting there doing someone's lashes, it's $10 an hour. Uh-huh. So that's how you decide what your cost per hour is. Now, this is why it's so important to go to Elevate eventually, because this stuff's going to be a little crazy. Because the numbers aren't going to be as simple. They're going to mm-hmm. be a little bit more complex. It's going to be a little harder. But if you're at home right now and you're playing the game online, just sit down, figure out your total cost to your total hours that you worked that month that you billed for, divide those hours into your total cost, and that is your cost per hour. That's how much it's costing you to do your business. To keep the lights on. To keep the lights to on. To keep the doors open. Make sure your salary is included. Because you may find out that your cost per hour is actually 80 bucks an hour or 60 bucks an hour, or maybe it's only, in this case, like we said, 10 bucks an hour. The nice thing, once you know what your cost per hour is, now you really know what you need to charge per hour for you to be profitable. You know, at least if you charge 10 bucks an hour, if your bills are $1,000 and if you're charging $10 an hour and you're working 40 hours a week, guess what? You're going to break even. That's including your salary weight. You're not adding salary after it's all done, hoping one day I'll get paid. You include your salary and your costs. And what's so cool about it is that now you know, oh, wow, okay, if I make $10 an hour, I will make some money and I'll pay all my bills and I walk home with it. I'll be good. Now, 
the real math, that doesn't work out because if you make $1,000 a month, you're not paying yourself much. Mm -hmm. But let's just now say you blow that up to a real number. It's like you're, now your cost per hour, let's say, is $3,000 a month or $4,000 a month. Now you can really begin to play with it and see, okay, well, if it's going to be $4,000 a month and I figure it, when it gets down to it, it's actually $40 an hour. Now, I know that I need to charge at least minimum $40 an hour. And let's say I want to be a little greedy here. Not greedy, really. You're just trying to make a profit. But I don't want to just break even. I like to have profit. I want to make a little little extra. extra. So you know what? I'm going to make sure I'm charging $45 an hour for my services. That $5 is going in savings for that rainy day, or it's going in for that next expansion, or you're saving up so you can hire someone. Whatever it is, it's there for the emergency purposes. Or maybe you, because if it's low enough, like $45 an hour is so cheap, maybe you realize, you know what? Actually, my costs are 40 an hour, but I can charge 60 an hour. Guess what? You've just scored the other low. You got $20 extra a month you're putting in the bank for savings per client per hour. That's a huge amount of money that you can use to expand and grow your company as long as you're keeping your costs under control. Okay, so now that we know what our per hour cost is, you just lock in and you can figure out what you can charge. And it's important, you know, because if you're averaging out, you may find out, and most people aren't doing this. If they're going around and saying, look, I'm charging, you know, $60 for a fill, and they find out they're only, you know, let's say they're $58 an hour is what their costs are, you're just not charging enough. You need to go up. Even if your competition is cheaper than you, it's time to really seriously think about trying to find ways to raise your price. But here's the thing. You need to realize that when you're not making enough per hour, you're not charging enough, you need to look at how productive you are. And what's productivity? Here's the next number you need to start understanding. Productivity is how busy you are. Now, some people may think, I'm super busy. And you're like, I got two clients a day. And that's like overwhelming. It's like, "Eh, okay. But unless you're doing it as a hobby or just a side job, you're probably not going to make a killing doing two clients a day. I know that for us, on average, we see four clients a day. Each team member is kind of like the average four a day. And that's because we have longer appointments. Now, some people who do one-hour appointments, they can probably see six, seven, eight people a day. It just all depends on what your length of time. That's the important thing is what you charge per hour. And for us, it's really important to make sure that you're charging enough per hour so that you, you know, can make that profit. So we, right now, we charge $81 an hour. But our appointments are 121 for an hour and a half and 162 for two hours. Now, most of our competition are ranging between, I'd say, 50 bucks and 120 an hour mm-hmm. for our appointment. Mm-hmm. So we seemingly are a lot more expensive in their minds, but we're not actually. How so? Because they're like going, well, my appointment, they'll say it's $100 for a fill. And they're like, no, call us. I go, well, you guys are 121 or 162. My gal's only 100. I'll say, well, how long is your appointment? They go, oh, it's 45 minutes. And I'm like, well, actually, just so you know, it's actually, you're paying more per hour. And you probably are coming in more often. They go, oh, yeah, I have to come back every two weeks. I said, so you're right now paying actually over $81. We're $81 an hour because it's like if you're 45, let's just say an hour, there's one hour point, and they're paying like 100 bucks, you're $100 an hour. And so for us, but you're coming every two weeks, you come to us every four weeks, and it's only 121. Guess what? You're paying $200 a month for our 121 or even 162 if they decide to do a two hour. So a lot of ways they're paying more money. A lot of clients don't get that first. So that's really important. If you do decide to follow our technique and expand your services, you have to make sure that you're charging enough Yeah, and per you hour. have that conversation. We did have one person call and gave the front desk a hard time because she says, what? That's what you charge? Well, I better get a maid and a butler with that service. <laughs> maid and a butler. Yeah, and the thing is, is, the real truth is when we're doing services, we are charging by time. Yeah. That we're not charging by the lash. Or sometimes I hear people will say, well, I know how to do this technique. I had to take class on how to do extensions with this technique. So when I do those extensions, I charge $400 for the service. Yeah. And, you know, instead of... Yeah, I mean, it really comes to time. How long does it take you to apply the lashes? Time is money, as the expression goes, and that has never been more true than doing a service. Time is money. So when you are in the room and it takes you an hour to do the fill, you know what your costs are. If it's $60 an hour to do that service and you're charging $70 an hour, that means you're making a profit and that's good for you. But if you're charging, let's say, one person because they've been gone for four weeks and that person's been gone for three weeks and you still do a one-hour service and you charge the other one more money, 
it, you're not being consistent. You're breaking trust, I think, yeah. with your client. The client's going to see through it. It's like, wait, why am I paying more? It took you the same amount of time and you're charging me $10 more for just because I was gone an extra week? I mean, yeah, maybe it's more stressful for you as a, as a team member. And but- that never works out because depending on aftercare, depending on how fast their lashes grow or how slow their lashes grow, yeah. it's not going to look the same at three or four weeks for every client. No, everyone's You're different. You're so right, Erica, because we're talking about every person has an individual anatomy and different lash landscape. Yeah. So the client who has, let's say, very few hair follicles and they're weak, you can't put that much on it, but they want a lot, her needs are going to be, she's going to wear through lashes a lot faster than somebody who's got a lot of yeah. lashes, right? Exactly. So it could be that, you know, maybe somebody's got curly lashes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you that, need to slow down and take more time. Yeah. So you need to extend the time and just yeah. let the client know. Now, if you know what your time is per hour, good news. If the client goes, I want 15 more minutes, you go, oh, okay, my time is $80 an hour, so 15 more minutes is $20. So yeah, mm-hmm. it'll be just $20 more for the appointment. In the beginning, we didn't do it this way. And it was costly to us because we would just guarantee that everybody's lashes would look great at the end. Yeah. And in the beginning, I didn't have time standards. I would say, well, for you, I just take two hours. There'll be a two-hour two appointment, and, yeah. And, and I didn't understand that time was money. I didn't understand that I was losing money if I spent three hours on somebody, yeah. charged the same price as if I spent one hour on another And person. I think clients are new to do that. Yeah, it simplifies it so much with a client because... If they book an hour and a half fill and they come in every four weeks and they consistently need more time, then they can book two hour appointments. Mm-hmm. It just it puts it on them. Exactly. And yeah. that's at the end of the day what you need to do because otherwise you're going to always be bending over backwards and, and you're always going to be extending appointments. And losing money because as soon as you extend the appointment and don't charge more, your cost per hour drops. And let's say, like you said, your cost per hour is 60 bucks an hour and you keep extending all these times all day long and you're charging, let's say, 65 or 70 an hour. And all of a sudden, because you extend that time but not collecting any more money, you're now dipping down to 55 an hour. And all of a sudden, you're actually losing, losing money, $5 yeah. an hour for every hour you're working that day because you keep extending all these appointments and giving away freebies. And at the end of the month, you're wondering like, gosh, man, I'm not meeting my budget. I'm always over cost, it seems like. I just can't pay all my bills. You might not understand that in terms of the money, but if you're starting to feel angry at individuals, <laughs> yes. you know, and it's just like, oh, it always costs more. She always wants a little bit more. Always, you know, it's like, that's a good way. If you're not like money or time focused, but you're feeling resentful every yeah. time you say, something's going something's on there. going on in there. So take a look at it and see what it's your is, money meter going. I'm yeah, getting ripped off your, right your now. Your inner money meter is saying, pay attention to this, right? Well, your body will also tell you too, mm-hmm. because if you're all of a sudden giving people more time, maybe it's running into your next appointment and then you start Stress. rushing the last 20 minutes. And, and anxiety level, if your anxiety starts yeah. getting high because you're thinking, how do I talk to this person about mm-hmm. it? How do I, t- I always need more time with this person and she always comes in late and then she always has her crusty mascara on. <laughs> and that's why you shouldn't do the thing where it's like, hey, if you come back in four weeks, it's $80 more, but you give them the same amount of time because you're going to create more anxiety or charge you more and you're somehow going to have to do the same amount of work in that same period of time. That's when you say, hey, you know, if you want to say you go longer between appointments, it's going to be a little longer because I need more time because mm-hmm. I have to replace more lashes because so they've grown out. So we're going to do a two-hour appointment, hour and a half appointment instead of one-hour appointment if you wait for four weeks or five weeks mm-hmm. or something like that. And this way you can have meaningful conversations with people when they come in late. Because yeah. then the impetus and the onus is on them. Instead of be, if you just charge the same for everything, then you You're take the loss it. when they come in late because they're still expecting to walk out with their lashes looking fantastic. They yeah. don't see that it's any cost to them. Mm-hmm. But if you're angry because of that, it's like, oh, I got to pay attention to that, you know? And I understand when you're new, you kind of do a little bit extra to win you people do. over. And that's okay. As long as you're aware that you're doing it, like, hey, I'm- You're s- paying your dues. You're getting uh, abused. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're getting abused. Yeah. But at some point, you got to put the, you know, draw the line in the sand and say, you know what? The first maybe three months, I'm going to be a little- lenient with my time frames and, and what I charge. I'm going to give a little extra here and there because I'm just trying to win people over. But I also at the same time, you let the client know, I, oh, by the way, today I gave you a little extra time because I just want to give you a little, little extra pizzazz. That, and as you know, I'm still kind of working on my speed and such, but I'm not always going to be able to do this, especially as I get more busy and get more booked out. I'm not going to have that flexibility in my schedule to give you those extra time. So I'm just letting you know up front. You just have that boundary and let them aware that you're aware that you're kind of 
breaking the yeah, rules a little manage bit. those Always. expectations Always. from day one. And so you use this technique. This is a little side note. This is the technique that you also use when you are learning a new skill and you like, let's say you went away for the weekend and you learned a new uh, lash mapping or, um, yeah, or volume, volume, or volume uh, face or studies. mega volume. And you don't own it yet, but you've taken that class. So the conversation that you'll have with your client is, hey, I'd like to try something new. I think it would be fantastic for you. For right now, I'm going to give it to you for free until I you know, yeah. build up those skills. And then the next time you come in or once I'm up to speed, then we'll, we're going to charge more. By free, you mean not charge anything That's extra. what I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean. <laughs> Thank you for that clarification. Yeah. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not Unless giving... Unless you're doing a model and that's a different story. Yeah, that's right. totally different. Or you're yeah. learning, yeah. So that's the way that you can you know, still continue to do that person and have some freedom to learn because it's not going to be completely perfect each time, and mm-hmm. but you're not charging them for that. And they know that you will be Eventually. charging more. Mm-hmm. If, yeah. yeah, it's a heads up. Mm-hmm. Here's, it's coming down the pipeline. Yeah. And now, get, I forgot, we didn't finish the whole productivity talk. Let's okay, get back let's to that. Go. It's okay. It's, it's, just, uh, it's a lot to stomach in one episode. So productivity is really how many hours are you're being used to be booked. So this is actually how you can figure out your budget as far as cost. We won't get into that too much today. But let's just say you have 100 hours in, of the work and you sell 80 of those 100 hours in the month. How productive do you guys think that is? 80%. Ding, ding, ding. Perfect. <laughs> yes. I, I felt like saying, eh, but no, you got it. Perfect. Yeah, that's 80%. Why? 80 out of 100 is 80%. If you don't know that percentage, don't worry. You can type that in to your computer on Google and just say, I didn't know a percentage of what, if I have 90 hours and I only sell 70 of them, you can just, there's like a thousand of these little calculators. They'll tell you what the percentage is. And if you know how to calculate, you're on, on top of that. Hey, good for you. You learned something in beauty school, I guess. Um, maybe not math, but anyhow, that said, productivity is important because that's really telling you when to raise your prices or if you're really interested in hiring, when to hire or sadly, maybe when to let someone go. So let's say you're starting out and you're realizing I'm only selling 30% of my hours because I'm new, right? Because I haven't started. Right now is not the time to raise your prices, especially if you're struggling to get new clients. You're not busy enough to warrant, hey guys, I'm going to charge you all more and you're going to lose more of the clients you currently have because you're just beginning to build that trust. So you wait till you start seeing your hours fill up. And as long as you're charging enough, you know what your costs are per hour, as we talked earlier, and you know that you know, really to make the money that you need to make, you're going to need to get up to like 60, 70, 80% productive. Hopefully by the time you get to 60 or 70% productive, meaning that that's how many hours you're selling out of the month, you're making some money. Like you're, you're, you're breaking more than breaking even. You, you probably will be losing money at, at 30%, 20%, 40%. That's normal. And any salon that's that slow, you're not making money at that point. And that's when you may have to come up with promotions and marketing things and going out there and hustling, and especially when you're new and you're just out there trying to get people in the door and you're making deals and you're doing value-added things and all that. But once you get to a certain point and you start building clientele and you're up to getting that 60%, 70%, you should be at least breaking even. You're able to pay yourself your full salary. Then what gets exciting is now when you start getting up to 80%, 85%, that's when you can start thinking, it's about time I raise my prices. You never want to get to the point where you're 100% booked. It's just one- How come? Because you're going to drive yourself into the ground. Uh, that I means mean, you're not eating. That means you're not peeing. peeing. <laughs> you're not but you can't take a day off and you definitely can't get sick because- where yeah. on earth are you going to fit, uh, yeah. fit those people in? Yeah, it's just it, there's no room because clients call, hey, we'll only get in. It's like, sorry, no room for you, no room at the end, whatever. So the idea is you want to make sure that once you start getting around 80%, that's when you start thinking one or two things. time to raise my prices or it's time to hire that first employee. We'll talk about hiring your first employee another day. That's a whole different discussion. Let's just say right now you're an independent operator and you want to um, raise your prices. Yeah, Erica. So you can, maybe you're going to answer this later, but... What is the conversation with your clients uh, when you are deciding to raise your prices? Yeah, we'll bring that up. Let's do that in a I second. That's a good there, one. That's a good but, one. Yeah. So at 85%, the goal is this. As they always say, work harder, not, or harder, not smarter. No, no it's the other way around. Smarter, nah, not harder. Work smarter, not harder. I always get backwards, and I like to work harder, work smarter, not smarter. Not stupider. Yeah, well, stupider. Well, most people do work harder and not smarter. Yeah, that's true. That's our default setting yeah. as humans, I think. So, But I think what you need to do is once you get to 85, it's that time. It's time to raise your prices. Now, don't raise your prices. I've seen this quite. Been. I think it's smart. Don't raise it like $2. Ooh, a big $2 increase. 
Just let's, and also you need to do it by your per hour charge, not by some random number that you just throw on. Let's say you're charging, you know, seventy five dollars and it's an hour and fifteen minutes. Well, what's your per hour? You got to figure that out. Say, okay, it's not seventy five an hour because I'm charging one fifteen. So that's like I don't know what it is. It's like sixty bucks an hour. Just let's stick with that per hour charge. You go, okay, I know my expenses are fifty bucks an hour. I'm charging sixty bucks an hour, but I need to bump it up. So I'm going to go to sixty five minimum, at least five dollars per hour increase. You get probably safely even go $10 an hour. In fact, I would suggest go for 10. Just do it. Just add an extra 10. So if you're 60 bucks an hour, bump it to 70 an hour, and then you calculate whatever it is per hour and a half or per, you know, if, right now as I'm thinking about what's, if you're charging 70 bucks an hour, and let me get my phone. It's not here. Let's see. $70 an hour divided by four means you're charging $17.50 per 15 minutes. So that means if you're doing an hour and 15, it'd be 70 plus 17. So it'd be $87 for that hour and 15 minute service. If you (laughs) replay that, if you need to figure that all out. But the idea is you're going to calculate your per hour charge and then create your per hour charge if you have hour and a half service, hour and a half, two hour service, three hour service. You just multiply that by whatever that percentage is and that gives you your per hour charge. And so now the good news is you're going to lose some clients because mm-hmm. you just, you know, you just went from $70 for a service to $87 for a service and everyone's like, oh my gosh, 17 more dollars. Some of the things that people will say is, <laughs> so you have to be prepared. They will say, well, I have been with you for so long. Oh, it doesn't matter. Guilt trip. Uh-huh. Guilt trip. They'll say, Erica, I've been with you for eight years. Yeah. You know, there <laughs> Never should, be, your prices there should once. be some loyalty here. <laughs> no, I've had this conversation yeah. with people. You should honor the people that have been with you and have built your business. You know, what do you what say? would you say? So when they say that, I say, you know what? I totally appreciate you being a long-term client. We are so thankful. In fact, the re- reason why we're here is because you've been with us. And, and for that, I say thank you. But we treat everyone here the same. We don't like to have favorites. And everyone here to us is a VIP. And because of that, everyone gets the same pricing. Everyone gets the same times. Everyone gets the same service, same experience. We don't try to have play, oh, you're more important, so we give you a little bit extra. It's really important for us that we be fair and treat treat everyone the same. And, you know, I think most people get that. Mm-hmm. So you just say, like, well, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And it's not like, and then sometimes I've even said, you know, it's not like when you go to the restaurant and if you've been a long-term client, you go in and say, you know what? I know I've been here for 10 years. I want to pay the price for my hamburger from 10 years ago. <laughs> you know, they're like, no, you just pay whatever the going price is. That's normal. But for some reason, when we get in beauty, we're so afraid of price increases or so afraid to tell people I cost more. Or how about this? It's a little sidebar, but it's kind of related. What if they say, I know I'm 15 minutes late. Yeah, we've done this one. But now. why should I pay the same amount? <laughs> I, no, I've tried that. I've, I was late once to the movies. I got there half hour late and said, no, what? I'm, no, I'm half hour late to the movie. Can I get a discount on my movie ticket before I come? <laughs> they're and like, they're rewarding you for your bad behavior. Yeah. No. Like, no. Can you start the movie over Or, or at least start over. Oh I'm paying full price. You should start the movie oh, over that, for me. That it's, happens a lot. They're late. So say they're 15, 30 minutes late and... They just say, well, can you like, you know, extend, extend it, it on the back end of the appointment? And it's like, no, no, no. I have clients after you. Yeah. Well, you expect me to pay. Them. You expect me to pay the same amount. It's not even a full service. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's... leave your house sooner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's just I like saying, you. if you, if you, yeah. if you don't go get to coffee see... before you come here, yeah. you go to see Wicked or Hamilton and they're like, oh, you came in 15 minutes. I'm sorry. We'll, we'll make an exception for you. If anything, no. they might, they might not see you. Yeah. They yeah. say, sorry. So you're out. Yeah, you're yeah. Done. You can go in an intermission. Yeah, go in an intermission. <laughs> enjoy the lobby for the you know, hour. I mean, it's just the way it is. People get that. But yeah, we people take it, people, that. and they know, they really know this. Mm-hmm. I mean, the clients know this. So don't feel guilty. Don't let them manipulate you. Stand, hold your ground. Just don't show any irritation. Yeah. Smile. Mm-hmm. You know, just say, oh, I know that's so irritating, but this is why. You know, yeah. you can get away with anything as long as you're saying it in a way that's not projecting any shame on them. Yeah. So anyhow, so you raise your prices once you get to 85%. And But the good news is this. You may knock off a few clients. You may drop down to 80, 75 or 80% productive, which means you're only selling 70 hours out of 100 as opposed to selling 85 out of 100. But the good news is this. Mm-hmm. You're charging $10 more per hour. So you're actually, the chances are, I'm not going to do the math here, you might be making more money. 
Oh, yeah. I, I, or if not, you're probably breaking even and you're working less hours. And that, you just keep doing that game. Get back up to 85, raise your prices. Mm-hmm. Drop down to 70, 75, or 80. Then you raise your price. You'll do that for a year or so, and then you raise the price again. Or you can just plan every year. As long as your productivity is around 80 to 90, it's all raise your prices every on year. on that productivity. You have yeah. to make sure that that ratio is correct. Because otherwise, you're going backwards. Every time you raise your productivity or your prices and your productivity drops, and you go, ah, I'm going to do it again, and your productivity drops again. And now you're in a negative spiral and you're losing clients but not gaining new clients. And the one thing too to realize when you lose clients, like, oh no, I just lost like five clients. But guess what? The new clients, they didn't know what your old they prices didn't know were. They're going to come in. You will say goodbye to some and that's people the goal, that are by the out way. of you. Yeah, but it's, yeah, don't think that it's a bad thing. It's a good thing. You know? And, you're and, and when new you clients. do say, I wish you well and we're always here, you know, if anything changes. And the way you raise it now, this is what, how you do it. First thing, you don't want to make a big deal about it. So it, you don't have to like send an email out. No, you don't have to no. put a note at the front door. You don't have to tell everybody in person. Well, well you do tell no, everyone. No, no, what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> well, you make it a big secret. <laughs> Justin's just read my mind. Yeah. Uh, no, I know you really, what you do is this, and it depends. Like with our company, we usually have a little sign at the front desk that says, we just thank you. I think it says something like, thanks for being such a faithful client, but due to rising costs, we are going to have a small, a nominal, we say nominal is the word we like to use, a nominal increase next month. That's it. And then usually, then we have every stylist yeah. during a service saying, um, this has been a wonderful, by the way, I'm just to let you know today, the price, as you know, is 121, but next month when you come back, it's going to be 132. And, um, and the front desk will also say that. Too. And the front desk will reinforce it. And nine out of 10 people, they're like, okay, sure. They get Because mm-hmm. by the way, guys, you all know this. Everything goes up in price. Nothing gets cheaper. Yeah, I was just going to say inflation affects everybody. Yeah. Even the client who has been with you since negative day one. <laughs> they yeah. were like your model at first. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. All prices go up. And by the way, when you walk into the grocery store, they're not like big signs announcing, milk just went up! <laughs> you know, and everyone's like screaming and people are negotiating at the front counter. Oh my gosh, I used to only pay, you know, five bucks for this. Now it's six dollars. You know what? Everyone just expects it. It's normal. And it's the same thing in the beauty world. We just... I think we cave into the pressure and we feel like they're our friends and we get into this weird friend world and so we can't charge them more. Well, well, typically we tend to be people pleasers. Yeah. And we want people to be happy. So we yeah. take it, you know, we take, we take it, it We take it in the chin they, and we lose money as yeah. a process. And sadly, here's what happens a lot of times is your cost every year go up. So one, let's say this last year, your cost per hour was 60. Next year, let's say it's 62. And the next year, it's 64. And maybe you decide to add in some things because you're just really generous. Oh, I want to give them this. Or I want to do this. Or I extend all my appointments by 15 minutes. Well, that just raised my price per hour up to like, you know, let's say 70 an hour. But my prices are still at 65 an hour. And I just now put myself in the negative. And I don't realize it yet until it's too late. So that's why you need to be regularly every year. Or I do it a few times a year. I go through all my costs, figure out what my cost per hour is. I already know what my charging, what my doing per hour. But I also look at my productivity always every month. How many hours are we selling? Are we selling enough hours? If we're selling 80 to 85, we're all good. And once we get past 85, that's when I start looking into hiring. And we start interviewing. Oh, actually, we're always interviewing, just looking for that perfect candidate. But that's when you start interviewing. And you go from there. And you just make sure you let your clients know. We just tell them the little thing, no email blasts, no uh, signs all over the place, not a big drama, not posting all the walls. Or even with the clients, you just kind of tell them gently, softly, just a matter of fact. You kind of project the energy you're looking to get from them. And the bottom line is it's always... As my costs continue to rise, this is the price that I need to charge in order to continue yes. to deliver the service That's that exactly you're accustomed the verbing, to. exactly the verbiage we use. You yeah. have to say it that way. Yeah. And so it comes down to this where you're not going to be worrying about how long it is or how many certificates you have. Because truth is, we've seen people with a lot of experience come here and audition, and they were horrible. And based upon what you see out there where people are like, oh, if you have a lot of experience, you should be charging a lot. No, no, no. You should charge a lot if your books are full. Yeah. That's, that's when right. you charge a lot. I mean, you can not, have a ton of certificates and not have any customer service experience. Yeah. Or, or just stink with customer that's service. That's what I mean. Maybe, Maybe you're angry you, and you're mad. And, and you, you huff and puff a lot yeah. and all that. And clients aren't staying. I mean, if you're not seeing the same clients over and over and over and your books aren't getting fuller and fuller, something else is wrong. It's not your pricing. It's your customer service or it's your clashes or something like that. So that's why that productivity that needs to be at 80% is a huge cue because it's numbers they yeah. and they don't lie. 
why. Yeah, if you're at 60%, you should be like, okay, I need to get myself. I'm doing something wrong. I'm not retaining, I'm not retaining clients. Enough. There's other numbers we can talk about, pre-book and, and retention rates. Won't go into that now. But those type of things help you understand better how I'm, whether you're losing clients or not gaining clients. Like for us recently, we had a slowdown, meaning not business-wise, but the amount of calls coming in. There's just mm-hmm. not as many people calling our salon this last few months. And we noticed our books were getting like you're getting less new clients in. And we we're trying to figure out what was going on. At first, I didn't realize what was the calls. I just thought, wow, we just have more openings in our schedule. And if I would look at our retention rates, like, wow, everyone's coming back. We're not really losing clients. And then I started looking at our, our new clients, how many new clients a month we got. And they're like, wow, we used to get 60 to 80 new clients a month. And right now we were getting like last couple months, I think we got like 10. Mm-hmm. Like, and I went, wow, the calls are down. It's not a matter that our clients aren't happy. It's just we aren't getting as many new clients and we're trying to always grow with new staff. So that's why we slowed down. So I just realized, did math and figured out, okay, we just need to up our marketing game and get more calls. And we've done that. In the last couple of weeks, we've seen the calls go rise up and we're seeing our books filling up as a result of that. So productivity is really important for you to understand that and track it and so forth. Monitoring your key production indicators is super, super cool, even though it feels somewhat confusing. It can be very boring too. But (laughs) it's all an indication. And it's kind of like if you think about in our cars, we have a dashboard. You might not know all the systems, right? But if a light comes on, it's just an indication. You got to look at something. Yeah, something's Something's overheating or oil's running out or something. Yeah. So that way it just gives you the heads up. Oh, my tire pressure is not right. I got to see what's going on with that. It's the same thing with their numbers. So knowing your cost per hour helps you understand that's one indicator to track. And by the way, you may be doing well and all of a sudden you start to say, oh, I'm going to go to a conference here and I'm going to buy this extra little tool or buy this thing or buy some new lashes. And all of a sudden your cost per hour goes up and you're not paying attention and you're not raising your prices. And all of a sudden, because I see this a lot of times where someone's doing lashes and all of a sudden they start traveling for tra- training or maybe they're or going to conference. Or they've hired staff and they don't have as much service hours. Yeah. This happened to us. Yeah. I took myself off the books thinking I've arrived <laughs> and then I realizing I don't have any money. Yeah. <laughs> we took Tustin off the floor and we were relying on her hours that she was selling were no longer available. And all of a sudden we weren't making a profit. Our company mm-hmm. started losing money immediately. So yeah, knowing how many hours you're selling and how much you're selling is an important indicator and then what your cost per hour. Um, I think we'll just wrap this up here in a second, but just to explain or make sure people understand that especially for volume and classic and when you're charging for volume and classic, your lashes aren't costing you really any more money. Volume lashes are not more expensive than classic lashes. Or if they are, it's by pennies we're talking about, but not by dollars. And I know our industry for a long time has been charging more for volume. I'm seeing some places not doing that now. And I think we should just more be thinking about charging by the hour. Whatever time it takes for you to get the look you need, great. If it takes you more to do the volume, Let's say a new set for volume is three hours. Yeah, you're like building fans during the appointment. That obviously is going to take more time. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So let's say a new set of volume is three hours. A new set of classic is two hours. You see that's kind of like the averages I'd say out there. Well, then then so you should charge more for that volume because you're tra- spending an hour more. And guess what? If you're charging $60 an hour, it should be $60 more an hour for that extra service. It really makes it easy to price everything consistently. It also lets you know, hey, if I do a 30-minute appointment, I can figure that out too. It's only going to be $30 for a half-hour appointment. And if you do, let's say, brows or you do these other side treatments that are taking 15 minutes here, 20 minutes there, hour there, now you can just lock those in. So all your pricing is simple easy for you to calculate. You're not just guessing every, like, I don't know, what can I get away with this service? I know I can charge $100 for this. And then for the same length of time for another service, I'm only charging $80. Clients can see through that. And there's going to be a little confusion at some point. Like, I don't understand why it's both an hour, but this one's $20 more. And I don't feel like the product is $20 more expensive, is it? Now, if you tell them it is, I think you're, again, you're breaking down trust. You want to always be building trust and being consistent. And the more consistent you are with your pricing, the more consistent you are with your time standards, the more trust you're going to have, the more loyalty you're going to have, and your clients are going to stick around for years to come versus, you know, people coming and going because they feel like it's a shell game or you're just milking them for money, kind of like, again, nail salons kind of have that kind of, you know, feeling like, ah, it's kind of icky. They're always like adding things on, just trying to add to the ticket versus really giving me something I need. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. I know we're kind of switching gears here, but what would you say we have seen a couple emails or posts about 
you know, we should all agree in the industry to charge X number of dollars for this service. And what would you have to say? I mean, what we have to say may be controversial on this, but what have, have we seen that? Have yeah, seen I don't that? think there should be any standard pricing in our industry. We're in a free market, supposedly. I mean, <laughs> no other industry does it. Yeah, there's like, no one. Yeah, no one's saying all cars now are $20,000. The, the car industry came out and said, you know what? We think all cars should be the same price because everyone should get one, and we don't want anyone selling cars for cheap because that would be hurt the industry. So we're going to make no less $30,000 is what a car costs. That's it. Too bad. <laughs> what about hotels? Hotels, same thing. I mean, basically, what if all motels got together and said, guys, we can no longer charge this $60 an hour for a hotel room. We all have a to night. make money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're going to start charging minimum $100 a night for a hotel room. Actually, there's a word, I think it's collusion, and I think actually technically in markets it's illegal to do that if That's you right. get a large market. Like in fact, they've caught it. So there have been companies who've gotten together and they've price fixed the market, right? they fixed yeah. the pricing. The price on corn or the yeah. price on oil. Yeah, and you can't do that. Telephone companies have to compete for price. So the same thing is going to happen in our world with lashes. And the same thing also with experience based on skill and how good your customer service is and how long you've been doing lashes. These are all factors. And where you're located will also affect what you should charge. California, our prices are a lot more. So we're going to have to charge more than someone probably living in Oklahoma where the cost of living is going to be lower. So you're going to probably charge a lower price. And I think I feel bad sometimes as I hear people go, oh, you should charge more. And some person's like living in a little small town and they feel like they're making good money. They're like, I'm charging only 125 for a new set, but everyone tells me I'm a cheapskate and I'm ripping myself off and I shouldn't be charging that. I should be charging $300 or something. They start feeling bad about themselves. But if you know your numbers and you're making money and you're seeing your savings account growing, don't stress about it. If you're charging 125 and you're making good money and you're busy, yeah. you're doing great. See, all markets are different and yeah. they're unique. And all of our specialties are unique yeah. too. So... And it's not based upon certificates. I, I just, I mean, yes, keep growing, get lessons, grow, train, you know, come to Elevate, please, um, and, and, or whatever else, our training last boot camp. You're going to grow in your skills and you're going to get better. But that doesn't necessarily mean you get to charge more. And I, I wish it did. It'd be so simple. Wouldn't it be like, ding, ding, ding. Every year I go get three certificates and I get three raises after every <laughs> certificate. It makes life really predictable and easy to run. But that's not the way real that, world works. That would be a fixed market. And there would be other uh, constraints on our freedom. We yeah. probably wouldn't have as if much we, choice. If we had either. the last gods, like just boom, like a video game, you upgrade and you sparkle and the crown shows up in your head and now you're lash goddess and you're at the next level and you can charge more. It doesn't work You've that evolved. way. You've evolved <laughs> to that next level. I think it really needs to be, you need to charge what you can based on what your cost per hour are and what you are able to do based on how productive you are. And when you get that all worked out, you just keep playing that game until you can charge more and more and more. And there might be a ceiling. At some point you may hit that ceiling. Like, okay, guys, I just raised my price and guess what? I lost like 10% of my clients and every client calls doesn't want to pay more. Like mm -hmm. I've just, I'm at $400 a new set, let's say. Mm -hmm. And it's just hard to get people to come in. Well, good for you. You've hit the ceiling and now just wait a couple of years while everyone else catches up. And then when that next time they, you know, you can probably hit that next new high. Either hopefully. that or add new amenities, add something yeah. else that brings value to the service. Yeah. Add on services. So in the beginning, you said to look at your past three months. Yeah to figure out your averages and all that. Yes. To figure out your cost per hour. So what about the people who have not launched their business yet? <laughs> How point. much of yeah. this changes for them? Yeah, I think in the beginning, you're not going to be busy anyway. So I think in the beginning, you just got to bootstrap yourself and you're going to go with a ballpark. You're going to say, okay, you know what your phone bill will be. You know what your rent is. You know some bills. Some things are going to vary. You can get better at guessing what your budget is. So in the beginning, you don't know what your credit card fees are going to be. And especially if you're getting busier, your credit card fees are going to continue to go up every month because you're charging more and more. Mm -hmm. So that's going to change a little bit. There's some variables in here and some things will alter and change. And your cost per hour actually will go down as you get busier because- the beginning when you're super slow and you're paying for everything, you know, your cost in some ways goes up. But as you get busier and you're somewhere I won't go into it, your cost per hour will drop a little bit. This productivity helps to control your costs. And that's why you should come to Elevate because we'll go through that in more detail and really help you work it out. And we'll work through these forms and help you make sure that you're charging enough and you'll know when to charge the next price bump and you'll or know when to hire next. Or sadly, the other way that goes, I said this earlier, it also let you know when you have to let someone go. Let's just say at some point you're seeing 
productivity, made the economy crashes like it did in 2008, all of a sudden you go from being 85% productive down to 65% productive, and you're like, wow, this is really, we're going slow, it's tough to keep people around, a lot of people are sitting around the salon, staring at the wall, you know what, I think I'm going to have to let someone go. And guess what will happen? As soon as that person goes, you have less hours to sell, your productivity is going to bump up to like 75, 80%, and all of a sudden now you're productive you're being profitable again. So it's a negative side of things. And hopefully no one ever has to let someone go just to break even. But I know hair salons this is not uncommon who've been around a long time. They'll have the ebb and flow up and down. Last salons, we've not been around as much. In fact, most people have yet to even hit a bad economy yet. Mm-hmm. Most people doing lashes have been doing less than 10 years. And so they don't know what it's like to all of a sudden to wake up and come to work and just see the phones drop. Mm-hmm. And like clients canceling and people, all the things that happened in 2008. We started our business in the middle of that, but that's going to be a shocker. When that first time that hits our industry and it's coming, guys, you know, just wake up. We will have a recession and we've just forgotten what they're like, but it's coming. You're going to have to see what it's like and you're going to have to hustle a little harder, work a little harder, maybe even cut prices possibly or cut your services a little bit. I don't suggest doing that. I think better of anything when the hard times hit, you actually hustle, you do more and blow you're people away. You're more generous too. Yeah. Yeah. Because everybody else is doing that and you want to stand out. So, you know, that's our 101 on prices, how to figure out pricing, when to price increase. Do you guys have anything else? Any other questions regarding that? We think we hit it. I think so, yeah. I think you did a really good yeah. job. Yeah. I just, I was off the top of my head. So I just wanted to say that, you know, most of you are accidental business owners. You went to beauty school. Yeah. You maybe, you know, you didn't always have a dream of opening your own salon. You thought you'd work for somebody else or you didn't realize that, you know, getting your certification in lashes meant that you would be starting a business. Yeah. And... I just want to say that you can do it. You're smart. You yes. can like I'm not a numbers person. I don't like numbers. Mm-mm. And even though you're an accidental business owner, you can take control of it and you can sit down and really figure this out. And you absolutely can. You yeah, can do this. Hopefully this is like a launching pad and then yeah, you know, come to elevate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this will help you just start to get that idea that you can do it. Cause I think a lot of people just think they can't. We always tell ourselves the things mm-hmm. we can't do. And I think really this isn't that hard, guys. I may have lost a bunch of you, and we may find out this is our worst ever listened to episode because of that. No, because it's one of the biggest pain yeah, points. It is a pain point, really, yeah. It's gonna change your game and really set you apart from competition if you're able to understand this yeah mm. and, and you get this early when you're a single operator this by the way if you have a team is not a negotiable anymore you have to know your costs you can no longer just guess what you should charge or just hope the best you need to have fast numbers because you're dealing with employees people who are relying on a job from you mm-hmm. and it's your really ethical responsibility to make sure you're taking care of them and you're doing the numbers and you're being diligent and you're saving and that you're protecting the company from harm. And if you're not doing that and you're just guessing and you're just hoping that you're making enough money, you're really playing with fire and it's going to burn you at some point. I mean, it's burned us. We've been down that road and it's really hurt us. So we don't want any of you to go through that. So if you're thinking, well, this doesn't matter. It's not, I'm just an independent operator. You're wrong. Learn it now because at some point you're either going to want to hire someone or you're going to want to raise your prices. Either way, you're going to want to do it correctly and not do it poorly where you lose clients in a bad way or get a bad reputation or hire staff and it's chaos because you don't know what to charge or you have different prices. By the way, don't do different price points on everyone. It's confusing on clients. Like if a client comes in, it's like, I see Erica for two hours and it's $100 and I see Tusney for one hour and it's $200 an hour. I don't understand why it's only one hour and I'm paying $200 for that appointment. For Erica, it's two hours. I'm paying half as much, but it's longer. Like it's confusing the clients. They don't understand that idea because everyone's mind really logically more time, more money. That's the way we think about anything else we do. If it takes longer, it should cost more. If it takes less time, it should be cheaper. And I think when we play these games correctly, right, it, it builds trust. When we don't, it's actually destabilizing also, your company. Also, if you are a business owner, it's going to take you more hours and you've got people on different prices. It's going to take you more time to do payroll. Yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah figure. They figure out all the different mm-hmm. price points. And I think another thing that's really important is you want to simplify the menu for your clients. I think I see too many salons with a thousand, literally a thousand options, like lashes um, with silk, lashes with mink, lashes volume, lashes 2D, 3D, 8D, um, lashes, like, like you just don't know to start. And the, and the client, it's overwhelming. And I can assure you, it's scaring some people away from your menu. Right. And the other thing that it, it actually puts you in an adversarial relationship with your client, especially if, let's say they want to come in at two weeks 
or one week, let's say, to get that discount, and you don't have anything available that week. Oh, yeah, the, the, the two, three weeks. Yeah, then they start feeling like, oh, you just want me to come three weeks so you can charge more. Right. And you're like, no, 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 I just don't have any room. Like, well, well so I just why don't... should I be punished? Because you don't have any room. It's not my fault that your books are so. Full. Either you're going to have to stay later on a day that you're just absolutely, you know, crammed on, or again, it just puts you in this fighting relationship where you're against. Yeah. You know, you're in an adversarial relationship. Just make it time. Oh, you want another hour? No problem. It's for us, eighty-one an hour. We'll add another hour on. It's eighty-one dollars more. It's so open. It's so transparent. It keeps the client really tracking with you. And you also know that you're making something per hour because your costs are below that if you've done your homework right. So yeah. It also helps people stay on time. Like they get yeah. on time. Yeah. Because <laughs> they know literally every minute is costing them. And yeah. so it puts that responsibility on them to A, show up on time and B, if they want more time, they know that they're they going to have to buy it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Invest in it. Totally. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that puts out the rest. If you guys want more information on this, definitely look at our Elevate course that's coming up here at Sheikson City in Las Vegas on April 15th. At least at the time of this recording, we still had some spaces left, so you still can get in on that. And we will also be doing this in the future. So this is not the only time we'll ever do it. We definitely see this as an area that really can help people out. And you can come on board um, one of these other times if you can't make it um, here in Vegas in April. April. But that said, um, that's a good one. I think we uh, hopefully beat that horse. Into the, the, <laughs> Send us your questions. Yeah, just DM me. I, I, I'll be honest, this may take a little bit more. If you ask me how should I do or this is my numbers, I can't promise I can go through each person and help you with your specific numbers. Yeah. It's going to be that's why taking the course is important. But at least hopefully you can re-listen to this, go through, create the formula. You know, maybe after elevate, if I have time, we'll create this and maybe go online and create something you can see in our Lashcast page on Facebook. I don't know. I can't. Pro- I'm not promising anything anymore on there because we'd say things and half <laughs> the time we don't make it. But that's something for us to aim for. Mm-hmm. Well, if we can't say. You can't beat a dead horse anymore. Maybe we should. No, wait. If you can't say you can't skin a dead cat, more than you can't beat a horse. We shouldn't say beat a dead horse. horse. That's right. All right. So, no animal references of any sort. That's right. How about any, like, no animal violent messages? (laughs) Well, if that's true, we should also say rule of thumb. I'm about to say, you know where the rule of thumb came from. You know oh, that yeah, is? I do. Rule yeah. of thumb. I don't know. Wait, like you could sad. beat your wife, but you couldn't beat her with a rod that was thicker, thicker than your thumb. I thought, yeah, the idea is that it can be bigger than your thumb. As yeah. long as it was smaller than your thumb. And there's some guys with big thumbs. They'd be scared about oh, that. Geez. And as long as it's smaller than your thumb, you can beat them with that stick. Oh. It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. And in fact, I've tried actually not to use Say that, that saying once yeah. I heard about that. It, I had a place where I worked at. Our boss would like yell at us if we used that term. Somebody told me that you're not supposed to say jip anymore either. Jip? Yeah, oh, like you got gypped. Oh, is that because it's a gypsy? It's just, no, yes, because it's a, it's a response uh, of a gypsy, and that gypsy that's, is that's, our people group, right? Yep. So yeah, I should know. That's not that's no, not gypped. Yeah, yeah, you're not gypped. So oh well, there you go. All right, there guys, you go. some random facts to wrap up this episode. <laughs> Thank you guys so much, and uh, it was fun talking about this. Yeah, it was. We'd love to continue this discussion online via social media. Please follow us on Instagram at Integrity Lash and at Lashcast Podcast. Please subscribe and review and share your podcast with all your Lash family. On behalf of our engineer, Britton, my Lash experts, Erica and Tusney, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing and remember, you have a friend in the Lash industry.